And well, we certainly have enjoyed being here with you all this weekend. It's been a great time. We had a good time over at the pastor's house this afternoon. Uh, we thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for the opportunity to preach here. We, we certainly do enjoy it. Uh, we've enjoyed being here. We thank you for just your all's kindness this weekend. It sure has been great. I don't know what he said about snow tomorrow. Am I, am I good to be leaving out tomorrow morning? Or are we going to be stuck here for a few extra days? I don't know. You said something, though, about the first Sunday in January. I might have to come back for that. We'll see. <laughs> Philippians chapter number three, if you would, this evening. Take the word of God with me. Turn to Philippians chapter number three. I just want to say one more time, I'd love for you all to stop by our table We'll have it set up for a little bit after the service this evening. You can come by uh, if you want to try out that toy. You're welcome to. Uh, we've got some few things there you could pick up and look at. Also, I'd love for each and every one of you to have one of our prayer cards, even some of you young people in, in here. When I was just a young child, I remember always grabbing one of the prayer cards of the missionaries, and I still have a stack of them that I picked up from when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. So I'd love for you all to have one as well. We have plenty. Philippians chapter number 3, we're going to be coming back here. So hold your finger here, but turn with me to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20, uh, just to start off, but we're going to go back. Our text will be Philippians chapter number 3. But as we look at this uh, tonight, we're going to be looking about pressing toward the mark, a very familiar passage there in Philippians chapter number 3. But I'd encourage you, if I can, this evening to um, take some notes. I have, I believe, 10 points he said that we can be here for two to three hours, so I do appreciate that time because we have 10 points tonight. No, we'll be quick, but I want you to be able to write down those. We're going to look at 10 words out of Philippians chapter number three. Here in Acts chapter number 20, uh, we're going to be looking at tonight pressing toward the mark in your personal life, pressing toward the mark in your personal life. But I want to start out tonight here in Acts chapter number 20, um, something that we find here with Paul. Uh, we'll not be able to press forward together as a church until we first individually have the relationship with Jesus Christ that we need to have. Look, as we're approaching 2024, I know that we all want to see the Lord do something great through our congregation. Do we not? We do. But if we are going to see that accomplished, we need to first look at our individual life. We need to have the right relationship with Jesus Christ first. And we find that here in Acts chapter number 20 for years um, you know how the Lord kind of reveals things to you over time. I've you know, known this passage and read this verse growing up in church, but it was just recently that something in here stuck out to me, and it's in verse number 24. Here in Acts chapter number 20, verse number 24, the Bible says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Like I said, I've, you know, very familiar verse. We've read this verse over and over again, but something that really sticks out to me here as Paul is speaking, he says, so that I might finish my course with joy. Then he goes on to say and says, and the ministry which the Lord hath given him, right? He says, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he's saying that we first before we're to do work together as a church, before we're going to see corporate worship done or before we're going to see something go forward together like we're going to be looking at here going into 2024, that we need to first 
have the, our own personal walk with Jesus Christ. He says that I have finished my course with joy. Then he says, and the ministry of the Lord. So we're going to look at tonight how our walk with the Lord, how our race, if I could put it that way, if Paul likes to uh, compare our life to a race that we run, that we need to work on our own life, have the right relationship with Jesus Christ first. So turn with me back to Philippians chapter number three. As I'd mentioned, this is going to be our text tonight. But as we look at this, I want to focus on you. I want you, you to focus on your own personal life. You know, sometimes we think, oh, what, what can that person next to me do better? Or, or what can we as a collective church do better? But tonight, I just want to look at your own life. I want to look at my life, at what I can do as the end of 2023, as 2023 comes to a close and we're quickly, rapidly approaching 2024. How can I better my walk with Jesus Christ? Here in Philippians chapter number three, we're going to start reading in verse number 12. Philippians chapter number three, verse number 12, the Bible says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God In Christ Jesus. If you would, I want you to underline this phrase in verse number 13. He says, this one thing I do. This one thing that I do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Lord, we do thank you for uh, meeting with us this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, for this evening's service. I pray now that you'll speak to us through your word. Lord, that you'll encourage us, that you'll help us. Father, that you'll show us how we can uh, be closer to you. Lord, each and every one of us here tonight want to have a good relationship with you, our Father. Lord, will you help us to do that? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked you to take notes this evening, and the first thing I'd like you to write down is write down the words, one thing, one thing equals pursuit of Jesus Christ. He says, this one thing that I do, and that one thing that we're going to be looking at tonight is the pursuit of of Jesus Christ. We get so caught up in the busyness of our daily lives and the million and a half tasks that we each have to accomplish every single day that we lose the simplicity that is found in Jesus Christ. We have become so complicated as a church, as a Christians, we've become so complicated with everything saying, oh, you need to do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that, that we have lost the simplicity that is found in Jesus Christ, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Simply put, this one thing that Paul is talking about is a pursuit of Jesus Christ. If we would stop focusing on everything else around us and just focus on this one thing, which is Jesus Christ, if we would put every other thing in our life to number two, and we were to just put at the top of our list, the top of the most important thing in our life, if we were to make that Jesus Christ, the pursuit of of Jesus Christ, it would make our lives so much more simple. Everything else in our life would start to fall into place. Why? Because we have put God first. That is where he wants to be. That is his rightful place in our life. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, and I I pray that each and every one of you in here do, and that each and every one of you know for sure that if you were to die tonight, that you would spend an eternity in heaven. And I urge you, as I did this morning, 
If there's a moment of doubt in your life that you don't know, that you were to spend an eternity in heaven if you were to pass away tonight, I urge you to get that taken care of this evening. What a great way to start off 2024, to start off your brand new walk with Jesus Christ. But if you're sitting in here tonight and you say, Brother Magner, I know for sure that if I was to die today that I would spend an eternity in heaven, I want to say this to you. We need to go get back to putting Jesus Christ first in our life. Maybe we need to make a commitment to God tonight to say, Lord, I'm going to put you back first in my life. Here he says this one thing that I do. The same thing is known for the ministry, right? As In the ministry that if we start to put, you know, as a missionary, there's many things that uh, in my daily life that I need to get done to be able to get to the field. You know, I need to find more churches that we can go to to be able to present our ministry to gain support. And, you know, we've already got some connections down in Mexico City, some friends that are down there and uh, some churches that we know down there. And, uh, you know, there's many different things and tasks that I need to do as a missionary. But if I put all those things before my personal walk with Jesus, Jesus Christ, it's going to make all of those so much harder that we need to first put Jesus Christ in our life. So we're going to look at verse by verse here, starting in verse number 12, and we're going to pull out a few words here, 10 words, like I said, we're going to pull out 10 words at the example here that Paul has shown us in Philippians chapter number three, starting in verse number 12, the Bible starts off by saying, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Remember, this is Paul speaking, excuse me, getting towards the end of his life here uh, as he writes the book of Philippians. And he says, towards the end of his life, Paul, right, the great missionary, says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. This is the first word this evening. That word is honesty. Honesty. We need to be more honest with ourselves, be more honest with those around us, be more honest in our personal walk with Jesus Christ. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Do we not give off the impression, especially when we come here to church, we give off this impression that, oh, well, everything's perfect. You know, there's nothing wrong in my life. I've got a nice suit on and, you know, I'm up there on the platform. There's nothing wrong. No, that's not how life is. We need to be more honest. Paul here says he's not already attained. He says, I'm not perfect. He's being, more, he's being honest with us, saying, look, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. The truth is, we don't have it all together, right? I'm sure there's not a single one of us in here tonight that say, you know, my life is just perfect. Everything is 100% across the board grand. It's just not that way. You know, we haven't already attained. Why? Because we still live on this earth. We still have a fleshly body. We still have that war in this world between the flesh and between the spirit that not everything is going to be perfect and all hunky-dory all the time. Paul says, look, I'm being honest, not as though I'd already attained. Either we're already perfect. What matters in this life is not that you look good or that you have a lot of money or that everything around you is perfect, that you have a big house or that you even sing in the church. No, what matters is what is the image of Jesus Christ and is that image in me? That's what Paul here is saying. He says, I've not already attained, neither are already perfect. He's being honest. We get so prideful trying to act like we're some sort of big shot or that we have it all together when in reality we should be more honest with ourselves. We try to lie to ourselves about this and just say, you know, I hadn't already attained. I'm not perfect. Look with me at this, this second point tonight, the second word that I want you to see. Verse number 12, he says, but I follow after. But I follow after. The second word that I want you to write down is intensity. Intensity. So we have honesty. 
We have intensity. He says, but I follow after. What is it that he's following after? What is it that you are following after? Well, here, if you were to read the whole book of Philippians on your own time, maybe tonight or this week, you'll notice that the whole book of Philippians is about Paul's pursuit of his relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, but I follow after. He's talking about that pursuit of Jesus Christ, following after Christ. He has an intensity to get to know God better, get to know Jesus better. There's an intensity with his walk with the Lord. All around the world, Christians are becoming more and more apathetic. We see it every single day and each and every week and in churches just in the area around us here. Pastor and I were talking about it this afternoon on how churches are changing. Why? Because Christians are more apathetic. Why? Because there's not an intensity to their walk with Jesus Christ. Look, we need to be intentional with our walk with Jesus Christ. It's not something that just happens just by happenstance, but it takes work. It takes passion. It takes intensity. He says, I follow after When Jesus is number one in your life, everything else becomes small. Have an intensity to your Christianity. Number three tonight, a sincerity. A sincerity. There in verse number 12, he says that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul was sincere in his walk with Jesus Christ. He was working the work of the ministry, not just because it was something to do, but because of what Christ had done for him. He says that I may apprehend, it's got this idea of reaching out, right? He's reaching out. He's apprehending his walk with Christ Jesus. He says that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. If you've been saved tonight, Christ Jesus has apprehended you. Has he not reached you? Take, reached down and pulled you out of the miry clay? Has Christ Jesus not done something in your life? Paul says this is the reason why I do what I do. He's got a sincerity to his work of the ministry, to his walk with the Lord. The reason being because of what Christ Jesus has done for him. So we see an honesty. We see an intensity, a sincerity. But also tonight, number four. Number four, I want you to write down humility. This one goes hand in hand with what we looked at with his honesty. Verse number 13 starts off saying, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He's saying again, look, I have not yet attained. I have not made it yet. Remember in verse 12, he said, I follow after, right? He's still working on it. Well, when we come to verse 13, he's saying, I'm still not there. I count not myself to have apprehended that he hasn't gained everything that he can gain uh, for his walk with Jesus Christ. He's saying, God is still working on me. Isn't it great that God doesn't give up on us? When we have given him countless Countless reasons to give up on us that he is not. What does he say? He says, I haven't apprehended, but God is still working on me. Listen, it is a sad day when a Christian is comfortable with his spirituality. When we get to the point where we're happy where we are, that we could just sit there in the pew and say, you know, I'm good. I've made it. This is where I need to be. This is everything that God has for me. No, it is a constant with intensity and sincerity and and honesty. And here we see humility. And he's saying it's a constant strive after Jesus Christ. In reality, the times when we think that we are, you know, the perfect Christian. In reality, those are the times when we're the farthest away from God. When we've become just okay with how it is. Listen, we need to be 
more humble in our Christianity. Pride. Pride has become such an issue in the church today. Why? Because it's, it's the way that our mind was raised to be. It's the way that our culture is. I know it. I understand. Listen, it's the way that Hollywood tells us to be. It's the way that the news tells us to be. It's the way that the school is teaching people to be. That, oh, you're the greatest person ever. So it's, it's given us the sense of pride. But that's not what we see here in Paul. He says, I have not apprehended. Verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. And here we come to, but this one thing I do. Now, I hope that you already wrote it down. It's that pursuit of Jesus Christ. The fifth word this evening is simplicity. Simplicity. We have lost the simplicity that is found in Jesus Christ. The simplicity that is found in Christianity. Why have we made everything so complicated? I mentioned it before that we we say, oh, you don't do this and you don't do that and you do this and you do that. And we have lost the simplicity that is found in Christ Jesus. That if the number one thing in your life is a pursuit of Jesus Christ, that you will find that you want to be in church more. You will find that you don't want to listen to that music anymore. You will find that you don't want to speak that way, that you don't want to watch that, that you don't want to take part in those jokes at work. Why? Because the number one thing in your life is a pursuit of Jesus Christ. We have put everything else above that. We have put even being a holy person above our pursuit of Jesus Christ, and it's made it impossible to do. Why? Because we haven't dealt with the matter of the heart. The matter of the heart is that we need to be pursuing Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Keep your finger here. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 3. Paul saying this one thing I do. He's talking about the simplicity that is found in Christ Jesus. And here when he's talking to the church of Corinth, the second letter that he wrote to the church of Corinth, he again mentions the simplicity that is found in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 3. The Bible says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Have we allowed our minds to be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ? We have put all these other things in front of Jesus Christ, it has allowed our minds to be corrupted from the simplicity that is found in Christ. Paul, back in Philippians, says this one thing that I do, it's one thing, it's a constant, daily, hourly pursuit of Jesus Christ. As we pursue Jesus Christ, everything else in our life will start to fall in place. Why? Because we are constantly pursuing Jesus Christ. If you get to the point where you're not pursuing Jesus Christ, you will be at the point in your life where nothing in your life will fall into place. Why? Because you have missed out on what it means to be a Christian, to be somebody who follows after Christ. We talked this morning about sharing the gospel. We talked about the great commission to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But the truth of the matter is, you will not have a burden to share the gospel with the world around you if Jesus Christ is not number one in your life. This has to come first. To have this pursuit of Jesus Christ, the simplicity, this one thing I do, pursuit of Jesus Christ. Number six this evening, the sixth word that I would like you to write down. I told you we were going to move through this quickly. The sixth word is memory. Memory. We have to have the right kind of memory 
as a Christian. Verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting those things which are behind. Look, we need to choose to forget some things in our life. Has somebody wronged you? Have you been hurt in this life? Have we wronged Christ? Have we hurt him? What does he do with our sin? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that God has put our sin behind his back. He has chosen to forget that, to never bring it up again. Listen, we as Christians need to get a hold of this. Why? Because we're harboring some of us. Maybe one of you in here tonight is harboring some bitterness in your life over something that somebody has done to you. Bitterness, I've heard it said like this, bitterness in your life is like drinking a cup of poison and expecting the other person to die. Who does it affect? Me. It doesn't affect them. They don't care. They might not even know you're upset with them. Listen, we need to forget some things. We need to forget some of the past hurts in our life. But maybe, maybe you also need to, and bear with me for a second, forget some of those past joys. You know why? Because you can't live off of the joy of yesterday. Amen. We need to be searching for something new, not some sort of new doctrine or something like that, but a new pursuit of Jesus Christ, a, a higher love for him, a better relationship with Jesus Christ. Keep pushing forward. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Isaiah, for sake of time, I'm going to read this to you. We're not going to turn there, but Isaiah chapter number 43, verse 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look, this is what I'm talking about with forgetting some joys. If we are totally all the time focusing on what Christ has already done for us, now I'm not talking about salvation. The Bible tells us we need to always be joyful in our salvation, but maybe some blessing that God has given us. If we spend all of our time focusing on everything of the past, the Bible here tells us that we're going to miss something that God has for us in the future. So we need to forget some of the hurts that have happened in our life, and that's a very hard thing to do. But we also need to be looking forward to some new joy that God is going to give us. The Bible tells us that his mercies are new every day. Paul often compares our life to a race. I mentioned it before that our life is like a race. Well, I'm not much of a runner, as you can tell, but I know some people that are runners. And if you're going to spend all your time in that race looking behind you, you're never going to win that race. You're never going to even get to the finish line. Why? Because you spent the whole time looking back. Forgetting those things which are behind. Number seven tonight. The seventh word, write it down. Surety. S-U-R-E-T-Y. Surety. We can be sure of some things. Verse number 13, he says, And reaching forth unto those things which are before. This verse tells us that there are things before us. I talked about how there's new joys in our life, that God will show us a new thing, as Isaiah 48 said, that there is something ahead of us, that we can be reaching forth unto the things which are before. Think about the certainty that God has promised us with eternal life, right? That when, if we've accepted him as our savior, that when we pass from this life, that we will get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. That is something to look forward to. That is something that we have surety of. Why? Because Jesus Christ has told us 
in his word. Listen, too many of us as Christians spend so much of our time talking negative about everything that goes on around us. We talk negative about about the government and about the economy and our world today and about all these different wars and conflicts going on in the world around us. That you know what it's doing? This younger generation that is growing up is learning to be negative about everything. Why? Because it's what we're teaching them. But we need to be more faithful to what God has told us. Speak in faith. We as Christians should be the most positive people. And listen, I'm not the most positive person, so this is hard for me to say. But we as Christians should be the most positive people. Why? Because God has given us so many blessings. Because God has promised us so much before. He says in verse number 13 that he is reaching forth unto those things which are before. We could be looking forward to them, reaching for them, going after them. We have surety. John 14, 1 through 3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. There's one of God's greatest promises in the Bible, that he is preparing a place for us, that we can spend eternity in heaven with God. We have surety. We can be positive as Christians. Number eight this evening, the eighth word that I want you to write down is continue. Continue. Verse number 14. I love the, the, the imagery that Paul gives us here in verse number 14. He says, I press. Oh, we need to press more in our life to continue. Remember verse 12, he said, I follow after. And here in verse 14, we've got this idea of Paul saying, look, I'm still following after. I'm pressing. I'm continuing. It has this idea of a struggle to press. I'll put it this way. As I said, I'm not much of a runner. I'm not much of a hiker either. Any of you really like to hike? Wow, this is not going to go well in here because too many of you all like to hike. I don't like to hike. It's not my thing. I'm sorry. You all are welcome to do it. That's great. It's not me. We were up in New Hampshire last October, I think it was, and we had a missions conference up in New Hampshire, and New Hampshire is beautiful in October, right? All the fall leaves are changing, and we had this idea, we had like a Saturday afternoon or something at this missions conference where we had some free time, so we went up to the Franconia Notch. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In New Hampshire, the Franconia Notch, that's totally fine. I didn't know about it either until I was there. But it's got all these different hiking trails, and we were looking for one to do, and we had talked to this ranger, right, one of the rangers that was there, and, you know, he knew that. He could tell by the way that we were dressed that we were not hikers, and it was cold. But he's like, I, we asked him, we were like, well, where should we go? He goes, oh, there's a really easy trail. Okay. There's this really easy trail to go on, and he told us what it was. I don't remember how long it was, but that was the hardest hike I've ever taken in my life, okay, to get up to this lake that was at the top. And you know what? We got like halfway up, and I started to press. It's got this idea of a struggle. You know, we pressed on. We kept going through the pain, through the trouble, through the cold. But you know what happened? When we got to the top, that is still probably the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Just the joy of being up there. But you know what? It took some pressing, some struggle. Paul here is saying, I'm still continuing. I'm pressing. He's towards the end of his life at this time, and he says, I press. 
I know that the Lord has allowed me to accomplish much, but you know what? I'm continuing. Maybe you're, as uh, Gramps likes to put it, I've enjoyed getting to know Gramps today. I hope you all get to know him. He likes to put it as white-haired folks, right, Gramps? You kept mentioning to me about white-haired folks. So I'm going to use that term, and I hope you're not offended. Maybe you're a white-haired folk in here tonight. Continue. Press. You've been through much in your life. You've seen God do great and many things. You've been able to be a part of great and many things in your Christian walk with Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? Continue. I press. Number nine tonight, we have a responsibility. This responsibility in verse number 14, he says, I press toward the mark. Toward the mark. Now, for years, I, I, I had this idea thinking that the mark here was like the tape at the end of a finish line, right? That he says, I press toward the mark, saying, okay, I'm pressing towards the finish line, that when I get there, I'm going to run through this tape, and it's going to be the end. But that's not the idea that he has here in verse number 14. If you think back to, of course, Paul's talking about running a race, and he often referred to life as a race that he ran Back in those days, races looked a little bit different than they look today. You can study it out through history. That back then, they didn't have necessarily a running track like we have today. And today on our running track that we have, you have a lane, right? You can sit up in the stands and see over the top of the running track. And there's a lane that each runner has. He is given that lane. It's probably numbered one through eight. And it is his responsibility as a runner that he knows because I'm starting in position number three, I know that I have a specific lane that I need to run. Well, back during this time of Paul's time, they didn't have a running track like we have today with specific lanes that are so familiar to us today. What they had on the ground were specific marks that looked different for each runner. And each runner was told which mark was his. And that it was his responsibility to have a fair and even race to run pressing towards that exact mark on the ground. That that was his mark. And it wasn't your mark. It wasn't your mark. But it was my mark. And that it was my job as a runner to run towards that mark. Listen, Paul is giving us this idea that, look, Paul in his life had a mark on the ground of a very specific thing in his life that God had called him to do. And it was his responsibility to stay in his lane. Right To press towards his mark. As Christians, God has given us something to do. Very specifically, to eat. he has a will and a plan for each and one of your lives. And it is your responsibility as a Christian to press towards your mark in your life. Not to worry about Joe Schmo that's sitting next to you. Not to worry about the church that's down the street and what they're doing and how they're wrong and how I'm right. But rather to follow what your mark is for your life. Paul is saying, look, it's my responsibility to get in my lane and to stay in my lane. He says, I press toward the mark. Number nine, we have this responsibility to press towards the mark in our life, to stay in our lane, to do what God has called us to do, and to worry about what God has called us to do, and not what somebody else has done. That responsibility. Number 10, the last word tonight, y'all have done great. Number 10 is glory. Glory. This is that finish line. Look with me at verse number 14. I press towards the mark, get this, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is that ending line. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This high calling has an idea of an upward calling. 
that our prize that God has for each and every one of us, if I could put it that way, this pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's this idea that we are staying in our lane, we're pressing towards something in our life, and that at the finish line, that if we've been saved, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we have this upward calling, this calling to heaven for the prize of the high calling of God. And where do we get that from? From Christ Jesus. Glory. Oh, we as Christians can look forward to something as we press in this life, as we continue on, as we do what God has called us to do, that we have a finish line, that we have glory. As a way of conclusion tonight, the only way to finish your course with joy, as Paul talked about in Acts chapter number 20, verse number 24, is to first in your life to focus on your pursuit of Jesus Christ. You should have 10 words there written down. Honesty, intensity, sincerity, humility, simplicity, memory, surety. We can continue. We have a responsibility and there's glory for us. But we need to press towards that mark in our life. We need to work on this one thing. It's that pursuit of Jesus Christ each and every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, we do thank you for how he works in our lives. Father, I pray that you'll work in each and every one of us this evening. Lord, that you'll, you'll work on our personal walk with you. Father, that we'll leave here tonight having an intensity in our walk. Lord, that we will put you first in our life. Lord, knowing that in 2024 that there's nothing greater than having a good relationship with you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.